I want to thank Ben King and Clive Greenwood to be here to do sort of a round table and, and talk about what is going on with the, the COVID zero policy. Is it going to go away very fast? What is really happening? What might happen in the next three months, in the next six months, right? So, German, maybe you can start by introducing yourselves. Maybe do you want to start, Ben? Yeah, my name is Ben King. My company is Kingyu SEM. We've, I've been based in China for about seven years. And in the last two years, with various people coming to me with on, on cross-industry, I decided to set up the China Desk, which is a, a platform for companies to hire supply chain personnel in China to work more closely with their, uh, with their suppliers here, and particularly during this COVID period. All right. And uh, Clive? Okay. Thanks for inviting me back again, Reno. It's a pleasure to always be with you on, on these types of things. Hello, Ben. As your regular viewers will know, I'm Clive Greenwood. I'm a compliance consultant. I'm the chief consultant for SMC Global. We work primarily on compliance to ISO standards, both in automotive, medical devices, which is what I specialize in, and general consumer electronics. And right. your regular viewers will, will no doubt know what I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Yes. Oh, and on my side, yeah, for people who don't know, the company Sophist basically help companies um, that develop new products, set up new supply chain uh get their products to the market on time, uh, in compliance, and so forth. All right. So there's been a lot of discussion online, right, in the past um, eight to 10 days, right? So if I if I give a very quick summary, basically, the number of infections has been going up, 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 uh, especially in major cities like Guangzhou, Beijing, uh, Zhengzhou, and so on, to the point where actually... I believe they can't go back to, to COVID zero. It's really uh, way too late. And uh, Beijing has started to send some signals, right? Uh, coming out with um, research papers saying, oh, actually this virus is really not very deadly at all. <laughs> um, and pushing that in all the channels. Uh, it's it's interesting how fast they can, uh, they, they can, they can pivot to, to a new view. And also they, a few days ago, what, three days ago, they published uh, 10 measures that start to give some guideline, you know, th certain things are really changing. The policy is changing. So there's no doubt that at the Beijing level, things are changing. But the big question now is what about the local level? So maybe uh, both of you are in mainland China. Maybe you can um, tell us a little bit about what you have seen actually in the past week or so, right? Have things really changed for you? Yeah. Um, answer, nothing. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, that's not probably true. We have seen the closing of the testing stations, but everything else remains the same. Okay. So you used Show to be you. tested tested every, every day. day, right? Right. Yeah. And now, is it still in, in place? No, there is no testing. Uh, if you if you want to go anywhere, you need to get a test. Uh huh. Okay. So th the testing station that used to be close to to your place is closed, yeah. but you it's still closed. need to be tested to Correct. go to a restaurant or well, some place. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Really? Okay. 
next. <laughs> and is that in Suzhou, isn't it? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 incredible because I was down in Guangzhou a couple of weeks and ago, and when I was there, uh, which is where which is where I'm based. Um, yeah, just pretty dire situation with everything shut and testing every day, and then um, and then up to Changsha. Um, in order to go to Tianjin because of the the different travel restrictions, depending on where you're going to and where you're coming from, a bit of a, a maze. And um, yeah, different in Changsha. But then in, in Tianjin this week, I, in, at least in Tianjin, I've seen a huge, quite a huge change from the beginning of the week. So when I arrived, the policy on, on Tuesday, the policy was that I had to do three tests in three days. When I was there, when I, after arrival, and then on the second day, the policy actually changed to doing two tests within three days. On the third day, they'd actually scrapped that and said you only need a test to go to the airport or you know to, for the return flight. And then actually on the last day, they scrapped that as well. So <laughs> throughout that week, the the policy had completely changed. And when I flew back from Tianjin to Changsha. I I didn't need I didn't need to do any test to go into the uh, airport. I arrived in Changsha. I didn't have to show any code or any test to arrive in Changsha. It was it was quite it was quite amazing to be honest. And I was in I wasn't in a factory, but I was in a in a product company that develops products and manufactures them with their factory nearby. And throughout the throughout the week, the, the mood had changed significantly. Uh, they knew people who had tested positive. They were, you know, along the corridors. People were saying, you know, I, people were saying about how you know it's almost inevitable. Everyone's going to get it at some point, and an understanding that the the risk had now the risk management had now turned on the person themselves. So you know they, they were sort of. When yeah, we didn't go out for any lunches or dinners because they realised that they they themselves you know want to be able to go back home to their family, whereas before you know they we would, would much more easily sort of, you know go out and go to places. Go yeah, th- this is what happens though when when you've when you've actually told the population that this thing is as bad as cholera or the bubonic plague because it was <laughs> actually within the Chinese CDC still labelled as in that group A category. You can't just turn it on and off a, like a light switch. Right. How yeah, long is yeah, it going to take? I, yeah. Yes. Yes. yeah I, it's, I think the, the, the mood and I think there are definitely a lot of people, I mean, also when we were there, we would see people walking past with um, COVID self-test kit, self, self, uh, test kits and you know, buy N95 masks and all that. They're, I mean, they're definitely, you know, they're definitely not going to roll roll down and sort of, you know, take it. They definitely want to avoid it. And, mm. but yeah, I, I think across the country, I think it'll be different in every single, in every place in terms of how people, you know, what people's thoughts are or on the, on the prospect of actually getting COVID. Definitely, definitely. What about the local government? So, so Ben, you say that the policy kept changing. How did you get the updates? Did someone have to call the local government? Did you have everything in uh, very easy to uh, see? It was, um, it, yeah, it, it was just it was getting announced. I mean, there's each yeah. each local city has its own 
Chinese and you know English versions of various right. news updates. Yeah, um, and, um, I'll show you. Uh, yeah, it's, Jin Jin it's, it's, it's what you sort of like live by. Is this? Um, it's on your WeChat, right? Yeah, um, you have like a thread of. Uh, yeah, the lot. There are lots of. Yeah, there are lots of English ones is. which are pretty quick. That this, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is the Sujo. It just comes in and tells you whatever the policy is at the day. I think the question is it's not about the policy which has actually been made by government. I think it's what's happening is that there is so still no micromanagement of the situation where even security guards, because they've had their throwback to their little red armbands now to their big white uniforms, they still believe that they have the power of life and death and you will uh, you will not um, enter this building. That's a, that's a problem. So that's um, yeah, that that's an interesting point. So just the people who have been told for about three years that uh, it's it's a very bad virus, right? But it's also the local population. Uh, uh, sorry, the, the the local government. Sorry, uh, at every level, right? Provincial level, city level, district level, <laughs> and so on and so forth. Yeah. All the way down to the to the 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 building guards and the neighborhood watch ladies or whatever they are called. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the um when when they announced it's about a month ago now the uh, the twenty new policies uh, or policy updates adjustments they were announced at the, the national level and. The ones which were related to international um, aspects like, you know, the, the quarantine from abroad changing from seven days to five days got implemented fairly well, pretty much across the board, evenly and, and clearly, because I think that's controlled centrally because it's the border. But everything which was ne- you know, domestic was pushed out to the to the provincial authorities. Uh, with, and I think it was just very vague. And so it was just interpreted completely differently and then interpreted differently by the people below them and then the yeah. people below them. So then after a few weeks of chaos, there was had to be a load of clarification saying, no, you cannot lock this building or you cannot lock these fire exits and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as, as Clive said, it, it was almost it went all the way right down to even the you know the security you know the bow and the security of individual compounds sort of trying to interpret how to control something which was you know which was increasingly becoming more difficult to control because what what are these people's incentives right if they do <laughs> if they are too strict nothing bad can happen to them but what if they are too lenient and then there's of infection starting that's where it goes wrong for them right is uh, is that part of the problem i think the problem was that it was a double-edged sword if they let people in with covid they got they got it in the neck if they didn't they got it in the neck there was no win situation the the problem is that the policies were as ben says so vague that open to interpretation was that there was no win So, you know, you, I can talk about where I live. I mean, every morning you would go and have a test and they would give you a little piece of paper to say that you'd had a test. Now, the 24-hour test took 26 hours to actually get it on your telephone. 
So they said, okay, well, well, it will be now from the day that, from the time that it was actually tested, which was in the middle of the night. Okay, fine, makes more sense. Coming back though, if you lost that little bit of paper, and I'm talking a little bit, something like a, um, not even as big as, as your business card, and certainly a lot more flimsy, if you lost that, you were not getting back into your own home. Right. And that's in Suzhou. Yeah. That's in Suzhou, which was totally and absolutely ridiculous. And this happened to me. And these security guards have known me for three years. Yeah. I'm the big bad Westerner that drives the big motorbike that makes a lot of noise and makes sure that they open the gate for him instead of going up the walkway. Not that they didn't know me. Oh, no, you need that bit of paper. In the end, I had to call my wife down. She come, tried to talk to them. Oh, no, no, no. So then I actually physically called the police. And I said, now, look, you sort this out or else. Yeah. So anyway, the police come and they talk to the security guard and they said to the security guard, do you know this guy? He went, oh, yes, he lives here. <laughs> right. 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 Sorry, guys. So you had to go up to police. Depends, depends on the, uh, the city level, right? To clarify to the yeah. local level guys, yeah, don't be completely silly, right, guys? Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. There are lots of stories like that. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's common. You, you, you think, you, you, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you'd think that was a one-off, but it's not. But it's not. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. I mean, think of Shanghai. They uh, not just Shanghai, but they. They, they bolted your, your doors so you could not even get into the hallway. So if you had a fire in your home or something, yeah, you could not get out. You, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of very silly stuff, right? Uh, all, all over the place, all over the place. So this has been going on for, for years now, right? Three years. So that's the, yeah, that's the situation. That's the situation. And it started with a big bang in, uh, in, in Wuhan when everybody say, Oh, there's a lot of people dying and so on, right? So people get scared. The officials at every level got tough and tougher and tough to the point of being really silly. Okay, how do you think now the local levels, uh, the local officials, and and so on, all the way down to the to the guards and so on, how are they going to to react to the easing of the restrictions? Have you seen um, them ease because? Yeah. Like uh, both of you, you 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 saw the the impact, the change on the obligations to test. Okay, but this is not at the very very local level, right? This is not the the neighborhood committee lady. This is not the the, the Baoan guys, right? Uh, this has been directly translated, right? Somebody sort of pressed the switch and say, okay, this is changed, and this was not the very local level. Um, but what about all the other restrictions? And including also the self restrictions. What what's most scary to me is the the factories and the, the big companies just saying, "Okay, this is my policy," because I'm afraid I'm going to get locked down. Right? Is this going to get better or is is it going to get worse? Ben, I'll let you answer that with your crystal ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, about the security in various places i'd say uh, just in general uh, across china i think i think there will be pockets of places that 
having uh, definitely the the smaller cities that you go to where they're they're going to be slower on, on the change, mm-hmm. and there's definitely going to be people who um who react differently one 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 thing that's interesting is that a lot of communities in with across china are doing um the management in the communities where people live are doing these sort of mini surveys where they ask all the people who live there whether or not they are willing to accept people to your quarantine at home and things like this so and if they are then um then yeah, they will do it. And that was before that they've sort of recently announced that mm-hmm. you know, people can quarantine at home. But bef- even before then, when the policy nationally wasn't introduced, there were many communities saying, you know, if someone gets COVID, you know, are you willing to you know, allow them to stay at home? And I think that was probably the same, would be the same with the, um, with the, the various restrictions in and out. And I do think that some communities in different in various cities across the whole of china will act differently i think some people will definitely you know maybe there will be an imbalance about mm. the factories i <laughs> i think yeah. that i think that there will be an initial there'll be a bit of a knee-jerk reaction and i think it might come soon but then it will change because i think um people the people in the factories will will get it eventually and or or a lot of or they will know a lot of it around that the one important thing is that t- cases are not counted anymore so it's very difficult to know where what the risk levels are so i guess if you if we think about it logically like if i'm just thinking of tianjin and the factory that sort of we work with there if they can't see where you've come from and there's no code and there's no need for a proof of test, then how, how are they going to block everyone out? Because if it doesn't really matter if you're a local from local Tianjin or if you're mm-hmm. from abroad, from not abroad, from other province before there was, they were more like, Oh, only letting or conscious of people who are from outside of Tianjin. But now being in Tianjin is no different from coming from another province. It's not like, coming from Guangdong, where mm. Guangzhou, where there are lots of cases, to Tianjin is particularly more risky because in Tianjin, they've all opened up and and people are getting COVID left, right and centre. So there's no, they either don't even let their own partners in who they actually cooperate with and on a, on a very deep level, or maybe even you know, some of their own staff who can get it quite just as easily now. Or yeah, so so logically, they uh, they shouldn't they, they they shouldn't be barring people coming from outside their home city, but I think there will be a new jerk reaction, especially with certain uh, certain factories. I can imagine that state-owned factories absolutely probably not going to let anyone in for a while. But uh, yeah, so that's my that's my thought. I don't know about you, Clive. Um. Well, only yesterday, I actually uh, had to cancel an appointment with a company down in Shenzhen because they said, well, if you're coming from Suzhou, which has got a high number of cases, which is, I mean, we're talking 57, which is a population of 14 million. It's not, my calculator doesn't go that many zeros to see what the percentage of risk is. But anyway, 
they said, oh, no, we need you to have three tests. Well, OK, so where do I? I, I thought, OK, right. So I actually phoned the government and said, you're closing down the test centres. Where do you get the three tests from? And the answer was, we'll get back to you. <laughs> yeah, that's the now, messy transition, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like, well, OK. So so anyway, um, I'm going for a ride around. I'm gonna, hopefully the weather's nice. I'm going to take the bike out and go for a ride around. I'm going to actually identify where these test centres supposedly are. Now, there was 12 in my immediate one meter, uh, one kilometre area. So it doesn't take a lot of working out how many there were. I think that the big question here is what's in the future. Mm-hmm. Now, we all work in, in a service industry. We provide services to our clients and that requires various aspects. I think the, you know, the... Looking at what's going to happen in the next week is impossible. What's happening in the next three weeks is highly unlikely. And what happens in the next six months is impossible to say with any any level of, of guidance or, or, or surety. I think that what we should do, guys, is we should actually address the big elephant in the room. What does China need to do mm-hmm. to get its image back? yeah you got to look at this i mean it's okay opening up fine opening up great yes everything's going to be wide open is anybody going to come back so you're saying you're projecting yourself let's say um let's say china bottom to 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 the top all the governments and authorities say it's okay people can go you know, and there's going to be wave after wave, like we've seen in, in Europe, yep. in the US and so on, right? Yep. And they're just going to let it go through. And China is going to be back into the, let's say, the the, the West normal situation, let's say, uh, with international flights coming in freely. Um, so that's where you project yourself, right? In, we don't know how long, right? In six months, in 12 months, in Okay, if ever. Nobody knows. If ever. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't know. What do you think, Ben? About the international thing, I've, I've thought about it and I've, I've come, up with a, come up with an analysis that, you know, um, I don't know, back at school, you learn about osmosis. Yeah. How, you know, something goes to somewhere less saturated. Um, so I think the borders they'll only open when the risk levels inside China are the same as the risk levels outside of China. And so they, I don't think they'll open up before that, until they, as long as outside of China it is more risky than what's going on inside of China, I'm not sure if they'll fully open up. Well, and, look at Hong Kong. And, and I think how that how you define that could be in various ways. It could be by number of cases. It could be by, you know, the same variants flying around. Um, and it, I think it will, it, it will happen eventually. But you know, they've recently, like, they've gone through this whole year, like, trying to understand Omicron, you know, from, a, I guess, from a scientific point of view. And then they've, and they've decided that it's it's not it's not actually that bad. Yeah, Whereas but with all respect, that, that data's been out there. 
with all respect, yeah, that dating free, yeah, 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 I know it has, it, yeah, it has. But you know, when other countries when they opened up, they definitely opened up when they didn't know everything about Omicron, and it's and but they need to open up, right? So, yeah, I, I think, um, I, I, I don't think it's going to happen quickly. I think it's going to happen. It's going to happen slowly. They're going to go at their own pace, to the frustration of many, mm-hmm. including. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Us. Yeah. I mean, look at look at Hong Kong. Um, who would say that the situation in Hong Kong is safer than outside of Hong Kong? Everybody around me got the virus. I mean, it's it's you know, and and which is why they opened up probably. But not completely. You still you arrive in the airport. There's not that many flights. You have all the people in in full white combination, you know, everywhere to greet you and stuff. Now, the process is much more streamlined than before uh, when you arrive at the airport. But still, for three, you have the QR code stuff and, and they use it for, for the first three days. You cannot go to any place where basically different several people would remove the mask, you know, such as a restaurant, a bar and so on. Right. Uh, and they are not removing it and they don't understand. This is costing them a lot of conferences and, you know, international events that are not coming back to Hong Kong. And, you know, but they still maintain it anyway. So it's 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 a bit political, you know, maybe that's because China is completely, you know, it's pretty pretty much closed, let's say, and they don't want to, to show that Hong Kong is completely open. So maybe that maybe that's the reason. But I, I, I see China reopening, let's say, fully, um, very, very slowly uh, at the border level, right? I don't think that's the question, though. So your question is, will people want to come back? I know yeah. a lot of people who really want to come back. And actually, just these uh, things have been eased up a bit in the past what, couple of months. We've had two or three clients uh, do a business visa. We did a letter and inv- invitation and everything. They came. I mean, they really wanted to come. They went through quarantine and everything. Uh, we have three staff who really wanted to come back to China. They Finally, they did the work visa and came back. I mean... A lot of people really want to come back. Uh, a lot of buyers, I see it in LinkedIn all the time. Oh, I wish you could open. Like I, I, I really want to go. It's been so long and so on. Now, maybe when they come back and they see what it's like, uh, they will not like it so much. Uh, but that's another topic. Um, now, I think what you are alluding to is that there's also a lot of companies, especially from uh, US, Canada, UK, Australia, right? that have been working very hard to find alternatives to uh, China manufacturing. I guess that's, um, I guess that's what you mean. And of course, this trend is, has been accelerating, right? What, uh, I mean, I'm sure Ben, I'm sure you've seen that a lot also, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely companies who are looking, uh, looking for alternatives. Um, And I guess the, the key thing is that they, they can go to those places right now, um, even if it's just a scope out, uh, scope out trip to, to to look at some places. I, I think the whole, it, it, and it depends on various industries, but um, I, th- I think it, it will. Some industries will be easier than others to uh, to to relocate and to to find alternative suppliers for. But um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that decoupling is going to be overnight. It's going to be a 10-year period where 
you know, yeah, because when you saw the the initial impact, and I was here in China when let's come to China, and it was the land of milk and honey. Um, it it was a ten year transition, maybe fifteen years, and now we hit the point in about twenty uh, about yeah twenty twenty three twenty four. But since those times, what what I believe is happening is that people's going well. Let's have a look at what the risk is. And many of the buyers have been using, we can get the product cheaper from China, and that mitigates the risk. And that's no longer the case, because the risk now is so is is greater than what the benefits of having the cheaper product is. That's the bit which I'm trying to, to get to that point is to say that it's okay that the companies may say, right, guys, we will uh, we'll, we'll ramp back up in China, not a problem. But with all the other things after or during or slightly before COVID, the restrictions which were being placed on foreign experts to come to China, family men who oh, yeah. tended to be in the job for you know 20 years, knew what they were doing, was getting to a point where the guys were saying, it's no longer in my interest to be in China. I'm not talking about the companies now. I'm talking about the personnel, the actual human side of this. No question. <laughs> it's been uh, it's become much less attractive to to expats, especially yeah. experienced uh, expats. Yeah. Right. So going back to what the subject of this is, while ever you've got this a risk of of lockdowns happening in a in a heartbeat unsurety do i go to work and cannot get back home at night unless they get rid of this even if the borders are open people are not going to come family men will not come you might get the odd businessman that comes starts to look at it goes back home and says to his board of directors no guys china's got Mm -hmm. yeah china's got a huge image problem Oh yeah, oh, and it's I going mean, to take it was going to take years to get it well, back. It, it it has gone downhill for the past ten years, sort of continuously oh, with an acceleration in twenty twenty. I would say <laughs> China's China's image now is as bad as Germany was in nineteen forty six. I mean, look at everybody around China hates them. I mean, that's you know as a starting point, that's not a very good sign, right? Um, they have little conflicts with everybody, especially South China Sea. Yeah, that that is a huge problem that does come with risks because, of course, um, I think where you're going is that yeah, this is going to accelerate the what people call decoupling. Yeah, and uh, and 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 this is uh, there's an enormous desire for it. Let's say. Uh, talking to our clients and so on. I mean, there's an enormous desire to get manufacturing out of China. However, the supply chains in other places are not there yet. It's it's going to go there, but we need to see, for example, I'm looking very closely at what uh, big guys like Apple are doing. And uh, it came out in the Wall Street Journal just, when was that? A few days uh, ago, yeah. A few few (laughs) days ago that they're actually accelerating the switch 
uh, of manufacturing of iPhone and also some iPad to India and and some other things like the air the airbuds and so on to Vietnam. Uh, and when when China does that, they don't want. It's very clear they don't want to do the NPI in China. They don't want to get you know ninety percent of the the components from China to these places for assembly. They want to develop the local network, and that is really what's going to um, to develop that that network of suppliers in those places. Yeah. And this and is I, I guess that, yeah yeah and, and and going back to your question, Renard, about what's going to happen, as in, will there be knee jerk? Will there be more lockdowns? Will it? Yeah, will it affect the supply chain? The thing is, is that you, Clive and I are on the ground. There's a lot of experience working with factories and all that, and and experience working China. And the the fact is, is that we do not know. Apple doesn't know either, Mm -hmm. and that's the problem. So, how are they going to develop their next models of iPhones? If they don't know what's how the the workers, the management, the local governments are going to react, what you know when when there's COVID everywhere. I think that especially. I mean, how are they going to react? I mean, they they really need to improve their messaging and reassure companies that no matter what's going to happen, they're not going to lock down. Yeah, no exactly. But it's and, not just and, and no matter what's going to happen, the right. you know the workers are not going to be afraid of it. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how they do that, but they need to find exactly. a way of. Because imagine um, Foxconn Zhengzhou or Foxconn Shenzhen, because they they move some work back to Shenzhen and so on. These are huge places, right? Cities within the city, and then if you are an operator, and you go and work there, you work in a, in a workshop with at least 50 other people or 100 other people, plus the logistics people, the everything, the quality people and so on, keep turning from workshop to workshop and to the warehouse and so on. For sure, if you work there, you will get the virus. For sure. Uh, and the bigger the factory, the higher the chance, right? Uh, not, I, I don't see a way for them to uh, sort of compartmentalize it into small units and so on. This is not the way that the production is set up there. Forget it. It's not going to happen. So what are the workers going to do? And what are, what are the middle managers going to do? The engineers and the, the production leaders and so on. They might say, well, you know what? I'm going to lay flat, as they say, for three months. I'm just going to go home, do some stuff, whatever, help the family. I'm not going to be in this mess. I'll just get out of here. Right. I think that that's my bet. Yeah, I think that the, the, the question is, is how does how does how does, how does China in itself, not, let alone the companies, but China in itself reassure the world? And that that is not just something which has happened from COVID. I, I was here. I don't know if you were Ben, when SARS one hit. And that was bad. This has been. Do you ever watch the film called Contagion, which, which must have been yeah. a precursor for for this? Because I mean, yeah. Now, okay, we have to analyse a couple of points here for to make any judgment as to what's going to happen in the future. 
Now, you remember when I wrote my paper called um, Checkmate? Mm-hmm. When I wrote that, if anybody wants that, oh, by the way, it is online. I looked then at what were the contributing factors which actually took us to this stage. Now, those contributing factors are still there. Oh, yeah. Uh, there, there's going to be um, COVID number two or what? With a certain uh, yeah. probability, let's say. Mm-hmm. A very high probability. The question is, we don't know where this thing come from, as I said in that paper. But, you know, you, you do not need to be a mathematician to realize that one plus one equals two, and it's called a lab. The first point of reassuring the world must be complete openness. Because I'm sorry, and I hate to say to our Chinese listeners, but until China becomes, let's say, a little less opaque about what happened, no one's going to trust it. Would you, the question's got to be, would you bring your family to China on a two-year assignment now or a year's time? Would you, you, know, sh- would you risk it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now, if the answer is anywhere close to no, then we have a problem. Yeah, you know, I was talking with someone working in a, a bank here, very involved in international trade, and he was telling me China is no longer an, a country where companies would invest to develop activities and so on. It will be mostly just a sourcing country, sort of arm's length sort of sourcing. Okay, we need these steel rods, we need this whatever, this plastic enclosure, we need this, we need that, or we need that coffee machine just going to buy it and distribute it and, 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 and so on. And we're not going to yeah invest, set up the infrastructure, set up the facilities and, and, and put uh, 10 foreign experts and, and, and five senior managers and so on and so forth. Uh, and I think that's where you're getting at, right? Um, well, I'm, I'm looking at it purely from the human side of things. Mm-hmm. You know, the companies make, make financial decisions where the the actual good of their people, although they like to say it is is within their calculation, we all know that that is nice thing to put on the sales blurb, but really it's about the bottom line. Yeah, the question. Also, the question. Yeah, sorry, Ben. Go on. The your your point about the foreign experts coming, I guess, is also it's sort of like what what is the what is the long term agenda for china and it's sort of like if you think of the the dual circulation policy where a lot of the factories or sorry a lot of the companies that are investing are um are are purely for domestic consumption are for you know for their operations for within china and yeah definitely there there will still need some foreign expert for you know for various uh specialities but in terms of understanding uh the market here then i think it will you know become more you know there'll be more and more um local you know local personnel taking some of those spots and like you said they there won't be a choice because there'll be a lack of people wanting to come to china so they're going to have to try and it, it'll be i think it'll become a lot more localized and i mean most of the most of the uh, you know companies who are continuing their sort of foreign direct investment are sort of you know the big European companies 
who have already got a foothold in here and and are mainly sort of serving the domestic market because it is still a massive market and large companies i think are still going to want to to take advantage of it for the for its own domestic market but in terms of yeah but but in terms of um sort of outsourcing yeah or 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 at least you know developing factories for then manufacturing for you know for product which is going overseas uh globe for the global market yeah i think i think a lot of companies will be looking you know really looking at that strategy and 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 changing it and i I think the same with what what renard said about maybe you know that it will always play a part but there'll be more and more sort of it, it will only be a part and not a full not the full supply chain solution yeah, 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 yeah. Attempts at doing that, yes, definitely. I, I wanted to go back to what I think the burning thing. What most people would probably want to try and we won't mind, we won't be able to answer it properly. But what people want the answer for is, you know, right now, if it if you do have your supply chain in China, yeah, and your market is in the US or Europe, and you're manufacturing in China. You know, so you know, you you don't have that alternative supply chain. What is going to happen next year, and how can you plan for it? So, I guess we can think about um, different scenarios. You know, it, the cases go up. There's a health emergency, and then there are lockdowns. How do how should foreign companies react to that? Another scenario could be that they cover up the extent of the health emergency which is could be a credible scenario um or i don't know somewhere in between right or will it be regional will it be fractionalized where some places are great and some places are not exactly yeah these three things are what most people uh from what i i heard or i read are, are sort of wondering about um there's a scenario where they open quickly. It's messy, like like it was in Vietnam, let's say. In Vietnam, they, they kind of got submerged. They got lockdowns and so on. And then, you know, there was a, a messy transition, and but but now they're pretty much open, right? Um, there's, a, there's a scenario where they open and then they feel that they open too fast. The, the healthcare system is completely submerged. And now what, right? And now they they might introduce new restrictions, you know, oh, it's just going to be three weeks or one month or whatever. Uh, sort of like in, 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 in continental Europe, there was a lot of that, you know, oh, the wave is going, let's try to flatten the wave so that it's, it's more, instead of a, a big peak and everything, the, the hospitals cannot follow. We're going to flatten it, make it, um, you know, uh, longer in time so we have more time to, to treat people um, so it could be like a little bit of stop and go right uh, I, I would agree with that apart from one thing right now the, let's just look at geographically Suzhou okay 15,000 testing centres and two immuni- and two vaccine centres yeah Talk about prevention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like... Yeah. yeah. Do you think we've... Um, 
Mr. Boat. Do you think the testing centres will come back? Yes. I, what 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 I see, what I think is that uh, Beijing wanted to wait until they had a RMNA vaccine or whatever. They wanted to wait longer. They definitely did not want to open in the winter. So I think they're going to make it very slow, very gradual. And as you said, Ben, maybe Guangdong first, and let's see how it works because it's in the south. But now here it's still in it's still the winter in the north. You know, sort of it might go like that. Now, if that happens, you're in Guangdong. You want to you want to travel to uh, to Tianjin. You're going to have a problem. Nobody will want to see you, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. this this would be messy for people who travel around. But um, yeah, uh, I think the virus got out of control way too fast, and now they they're kind of forced by events and you know people's uh, demands to to signal that they're opening. But they don't want to open that fast, and and they are not. This is not their timing. They're not happy about that. Uh, they kind of. So what's going to happen? They're going to go through the motions, not not think too much, and say, okay, you you guys want to open? We're going to show you what it looks like when you open, you know, and uh, maybe you will see that we were we were right, or uh, no idea how yeah. they're going to spin that out. Uh, yeah, there's there's very much a told you so syndrome that has to go into the equation. Um, I'm afraid so. Yeah, uh, I think anybody that's been here any length of time will tell you that that's par for the course. Now, if we're talking to foreign companies and we're saying to them, "Okay, this is now," yeah, I don't think anybody would believe us if we said everything's honky dory and don't worry about it. There's no problem because that's just not true. If we said to them, "It's going to get better." Before it gets worse, that's also not true. It's going to get a lot worse before it gets any better. Now, the only, for my view, the only way out of this, both short-term and long-term, is exactly what they did in the rest of the world. Huge vaccine rollout. Easy for people to get vaccines. In China... Where I am in Suzhou, there is two vaccine stations. That's it. In the whole of the city of 14 million people. Mm. Two. Mm. Yeah. 15,000 test centers, two vaccine centers. Right. But in uh, when was I, that? In I think that will, I'm hoping that will change, though, because I, I think a lot of the, the, the vaccine, I think that it's like similar to what happened in Hong Kong, is for three years we've been under zero COVID, nearly three years under zero COVID strategy. If you have any doubt about getting the vaccine, you'd be like, well, there's no COVID. So why do I need a vaccine? And it's definitely not the right. It's definitely not the right uh, attitude to have. But it is definitely is an attitude that was had along amongst elderly people in in Hong Kong. And um, yeah, so because because if there's zero, if there's no COVID, then why do you need a vaccine? vaccine? Yeah, Yeah, having having a vaccine is therefore more risky than not having a vaccine if you feel like you don't need to have the vaccine. Well, so, that was, that's, a, that's the messaging problem. Yeah, yeah it is. A, it's a massive messaging problem. Um, you know, it's, like, it's like the and, COVID yeah. working. You know, we're, we're going to lock you down. We're going to lock you in your apartments for your own good. Right. Um, and then yeah. because we've suddenly, our scientists have found out 
or refound out or reinvented or whatever you want to call it that this is no more than just a bad cold to, to the vast majority of people the two things just don't equate and it's this it's this opaqueness which is causing the confusion and it's this opaqueness which is going to actually just limit the way out of this yeah i i, I was expecting i was expecting that things would only open up when they'd done a massive pr campaign to say like which to do what they're doing now but i would have thought it would have happened for like three months before they stopped testing and things like that but and i think yeah like we said it, i think they were the hand was forced a bit but yeah there, there definitely has to be that messaging and the vaccines i think um there is a very for the first time since for for nearly three years the uh, the prospect of actually catching covid in china is now mm. actually actually genuine it's like where you know, like you know, go on the it's very real yeah like you you actually wear your mask properly now <laughs> um <laughs> like uh so and, and i think that's going to be the same with vulnerable people is i i think I, I'm, I'm, I hope that they will make that rational soon to realise that actually getting the vaccine is is uh, is better. You know, it's less risky than than not now because that, yeah, that I wasn't mean, the case. Yeah. Yes, I mean, there's, there's cases as well where I don't know whether or not you are aware of this. I think I told you, you know, where the buying of cold medicine. If you get a common cold, you can go to the vaccine. They banned the sale of all cold medicines. Yeah, you had to register your ID and stuff like that. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, come on, guys. You know, this this is all being building on this fear, and it's this fear now which suddenly has raised its ugly head, and they've actually got to turn around and say, "Well, a was the fear right?" Or, "Well, no, we found out." Well, I'm sorry, but that doesn't fly. <laughs> right. Oh, I, I was gonna. I was gonna say. Um... Ben has a good point. They were probably planning, okay, when we decide we're going to reopen up, we're going to have a lot of, you know, a PR campaign, as you say, for a while and so on. Now, things have moved a bit faster than they wanted. Uh, and this may be our last question because we're getting uh, out of time soon. But now this, they had to signal that they're going to open. They started the PR campaign. What are the next steps that they're likely to take until they feel that the population really is ready for it because I'm sure they know. They know the population is not ready. Vaccination for old people is definitely not there. The the extra beds in the, the camps to, to supplement the hospitals, probably not already uh, or not, not as many beds as they wanted. Uh, maybe in the big factories, it's going to be a big mess. They need to reorganize, maybe shift A, shift B, shift C, so people don't get in contact with each other, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's a number of measures like this. So do you think they're going to to say, okay, now let's roll out some kind of plan. Let's signal that we're going to open without really opening. Let's keep the virus running. Let's hope it doesn't get too bad. So there's still some restrictions in place. Let's prepare everything. Otherwise, we have no idea how the population is going to react, right? Or do you think it's going to be very knee-jerk and like, Let's open. Let's see what happens, and let, let's let's close back down. Let, let's close back, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Do, do you think they're going to try to really control the process? I think um, publicly they will try and control the process. I think I can imagine that there will be 
not there won't be much information in terms of the number of cases, the number of hospitalizations, um, maybe a bit of you know, restriction there as well. Um, and I and I think it'll be a combination of both. They they will I think they will put on the um, the, the the appearance that it, it is controlled. Um, there will be local regions that where what you know where that acts completely differently to others. That's my my guess. Mm. Um, and also, I think there will be hopefully, and I think they will. There'll be some sort of like more protection against the vulnerable now that it's out there that uh you know like an element of shielding or uh, maybe certain sort of like you know restrictions on that so that's my that's my thought um yeah I, Clive. yeah what do you think Clive? makes sense to you or I, I agree. I, yeah, I agree with what Ben's saying there. There will be a veneer of success. We have to, right? There's no other choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, no other option. Will, will they be uh, the ease of getting vaccinated? Yes. I think that the best thing that they could do would be to turn the testing stations into vaccine stations. That would be a big easy fix um you, you you've also got a cultural aspect here where most chinese people after over 50 years old believe in chinese medicine they don't believe in western style medicines that's got to be changed well they don't believe in it until they have a very scary bad problem right from what i yeah, said which, well some people really so don't you, believe it yeah yeah some people just don't believe it yeah i mean i i know a, a neighbor of ours he's a very nice old guy uh, he was uh, a teacher in a big school here speaks very good english and i was asking him and he said no he says we take chinese medicine we don't believe western medicines can help us and you know you can't argue with that years and years and years of that china's medicine works when a lot of it does don't get me wrong we're dealing with a completely different animal here Mm. and that's the problem we've had a demonization of a virus to such an extent where it is classified as i said earlier as cholera or bubonic plague and you can't just switch the switch and say oh by the way guys we found out there no, it's not that bad mm. you know you know this is the same as saying we beat up the journalist here for his own good no comment on that yeah don't um, work, but that yeah. but that points to a, yeah a, a, that a very points big to unknown. that points to the real situation. Yeah, you, yeah, you started off by asking us what the real situation on the ground is, and that is the real situation on the ground. Right, right, yeah. People okay. are um, stressed out, confused, no clear direction, and nobody knows how they can react. I think that's uh that, that that's that's, that's what we we see and very slow in providing guidelines also to uh, to factories on, on uh, what exactly is happening in what conditions will you be locked down and so on which is actually making the factories more careful especially as they see that the uh, the virus is spreading more these days so the um the, the the tolerance of having visitors come in and and things like that in a lot of places actually is lower than than before 
people are more afraid. So this is uh, that's that's the situation right now. Uh, okay, well, so <laughs> to conclude, there's no crystal ball, right? Uh, and yeah, we we we. We can uh, forecast certain things that 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 Beijing is probably working hard on on, on preparing. Uh, they might get back to to mass vaccination campaign. I think in 2021 they were vaccinating like 10 million people uh, a day or something. It was you know, at one point it was extremely fast, so they might get back to that. Uh, but it would still be with their uh, domestic uh, homegrown vaccines. And we would probably not know the real numbers anyway when we look back on that five years or 10 years from now, right? So it would be hard from the outside to see if it was a success or not. But I think we all agree that um, the transition is going to be rocky. Uh, companies with, with with manufacturing, with supply chains in China um, might well be affected if some of their key suppliers are locked down or, or Half of the people refuse to work at, at a certain point in time. Uh, that's going to, to be a very big, uh, very big problem. So, yeah, thank, thanks a lot. Uh, thanks, Ben, and thanks, Clive. It was it was a great idea to, to set up this discussion. Let's uh, let's keep observing and let's see where it goes. Thanks again for listening to this podcast, brought to you by the Sophie's Group. We're on a mission to provide you with everything you need to manufacture effectively in Asia including inspections, auditing, new product development support, contract manufacturing, 3PL warehousing and fulfilment, and much, much more across Asia's key manufacturing areas. Visit us at sofeast.com, that's S-O-F-E-A-S-T dot com, to learn more and get help. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do rate, review and share, because it will really help others discover us too.